latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic drive time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. Thursday, June the 2nd, 2022, in the month dedicated to the Sacred Heart. God is so very good. What a great month to give glory to God, to adore His most sacred heart, and to remind ourselves that He has come to save us. Praise be to Jesus. But today we are going to have difficult conversations about difficult topics. For instance, we're going to talk about the decline of civilization itself, the very fabric of society becoming undone with David L. Gray coming up at 15 past the hour. Also, at 35 past the hour, Dr. Jennifer Roback Morris is going to be on with from the Ruth Institute to talk about the link between the fall of Roe v. Wade, a fall of abortion, and the link to gay marriage in a Obergefeld. Is it going to happen that way? Will there, in fact, be a domino effect? We're going to conversate about that and the survivors of the sexual revolution with Dr. Jennifer Roback Morris coming up at 35 past the hour. Lots of stories in the news. Another shooting. Four people are dead in Tulsa, Oklahoma. But here's something you probably did not hear over the weekend. There were 12 people shot dead in Philadelphia over the Memorial Day weekend. How many more in Chicago? Keep that in mind, the gun debate that is going to rage in this country as a result of every time some tragedy happens, which is horrible and disgusting to me. The people who die, that is. That it's a a very lopsided debate. Uh, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen admitted that she was wrong when she predicted, along with the rest of the Biden administration in 2021, that inflation would be a small risk. Because it, it is not. It is historic. Uh, Bishop Robert Barron has been appointed to lead a diocese in Minnesota. That's kind of news today. And then the United States Marine Corps, my, my alma mater, has gone full woke in this month. God help them. Good morning, Judy Carlos. Good morning, Joe. I was going to report on that story, but I didn't want to offend you, you because uh, that's really sad. <laughs> <laughs> I just wondered because every Marine I've met has been really gruff and like kind of crass, and I just wonder what they're going to say about this. You know, <laughs> it's uh, ridiculous. The Marine Corps started in a bar in mm-hmm. Philadelphia in 1775. So that's, there's precedent for what you've just described. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that is, the, in fact, the, the very people that they sought out because they needed those folks, those uh, salty sailors, so to speak, mm-hmm. to do the difficult and the, hard, the arduous, no matter what was required of them. And times, they are a-changing. Oh, yes, they are. They are a-changing. Uh, good morning to you, Adrian Fonseca. Good morning. Howdy, howdy. Praise be to God. It's good to be here. Is it? It is. Praise be to God. In spite of it all. Despite of it all. Despite the fact that I tried to watch a documentary last night and failed, and so instead I watched a Jackie Chan movie. <laughs> what uh, documentary were you trying to watch? The, the uh, D- Daily Wire put out a documentary called What is a Woman with Matt Walsh. Oh, And yeah. I wanted to watch that, uh-huh. so I was going to go well, watch it last you? night. But the uh, left set up a DDoS uh, attack oh. against their website mm-hmm. and shut it down. They had, uh, for y'all who don't know, that means they basically sent a bunch of bots to pretend to watch, to uh, access their website, mm. and their servers couldn't handle it because the, they had millions of viewers, uh, alleged viewers, 
flood their site all at once and Crashed shut it down. It. Wow, no yeah. kidding. So I didn't get to watch it, so instead I watched Jackie Chan. They don't usually put those types of things behind their paywall? They did. That's the other thing. They, it was they, behind their paywall, but so they, then how that happened? because they, the site itself shut down, the whole oh, site. Wow. <laughs> yeah, they shut down the whole site, so you couldn't even log in to their yeah. account. That's crazy. Yep. Yeah, those are the times we live in, huh? Yep, yep. So You're not allowed to have watch a contrary more, opinion. Maybe it was Russia. Maybe it was Russia. <laughs> no, but now I want to watch Russia. it even, even further. <laughs> no, but the Jackie Chan movie was pretty good. The Jackie Chan movie. Oh, okay. I saw some great deep fakes of Bruce Lee, by the way. You did? Oh, what are you talking yeah. about? Bruce Lee's still alive. Oh, yeah. Is he? Bruce no. Lee the Great. When I was a kid, I used to have the poster of Bruce Lee doing the flying sidekick. On nice. my wall. Woo! It's good stuff, man. <laughs> Loved it. Kung All right. Movies. Uh, like I said, David O'Grady is going to be our guest coming up at 15 past the hour. Talk about the decline in civilization. Do you guys see those videos? You probably don't watch the videos. Those horrible videos that come out of, like, New York or whatever. This woman on a train that she was being attacked by a man, and everybody just sat by and watched it happen. This was just, like, a couple of days ago. No, I'd believe it. I mean, it's just, I, I tried to watch the video. But I literally couldn't get past a few first few seconds. It angered me so much. I got so emotional because this poor woman was begging for help, and literally everybody standing there is watching. That's filming that's with her New their York phones, subway for you, and no one decides to come to her rescue. Yeah, a lot of I, weird I can't. Stuff like, I, per, I emotionally can't take that as a dad, as a husband. Like I just get so boiling mad, angry over that. And so uh, it's a sin of omission too. Yeah. Uh, that and a bunch of other symptoms, I think, can point towards the decline in civilization. But there is good news in that there is a solution to that, and David O'Gray and I are going to discuss that coming up at 15 past the hour. And Jennifer Roback Morris is going to be on at 35 past the hour talking about the survivors of the sexual revolution. Let's pray. Let's begin. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most sweet Jesus, that no one who has had recourse to thy sacred heart implored its help or sought its mercy was ever abandoned encouraged with confidence O tenderest of hearts we present ourselves before thee crushed beneath the weight of our sins in our misery O sacred heart of Jesus despise not our simple prayers but mercifully grant our requests in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now your headlines with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. Today is Thursday, not Tuesday, Thursday, June 2nd. And here are your headlines this morning. The Epic Times reports U.S. providing new $700 million in, uh, in package in military aid for Ukraine. President Joe Biden on Wednesday announced another $700 million in military aid to Ukraine just days after he signed another deal worth $40 billion. However, in response, Kremlin spokesperson Dmitry Peshkov said that Moscow suspects the United States is purposefully and diligently adding fuel to the fire by sending more weapons to Ukraine. When asked by reporters about how Russia might respond, he said, let's not get into the worst case scenarios. Breitbart reports, survey inflation to delay 25% of Americans from retirement. As a result of inflation, 36% of Americans have reduced their savings and 21% have reduced their retirement savings. A quarter of Americans need to delay their retirement, the survey reported. Inflation will cost American households on average an extra $5,200 in 2022 or about $433 per month, according to Bloomberg. The Daily Wire reports Los Angeles County lifeguards earn mega salaries. Daniel Douglas, the highest-paid lifeguard, made an upward of $500,000, up from $400,000 in 2020. 2020, that is. Uh, this has been years in the making, said Adam Andruski, a government spending tracker. 
Andrewski told the Daily Wire that each year auditors capture virtually every public employee's salary, uh, salary record at every level, federal, state, and local across the country, through Freedom of Information Act requests. They then use forensic auditing to examine egregious circumstances of which he said the lifeguards' compensated perks and pensions are a significant example of and were taxpayer abuse. And LifeSite reports U.S. Embassy to Holy See again displays LMNOP flag for Pride Month. The U.S. Embassy to the Holy See has once again snubbed the Catholic Church's stance on sexuality and displayed the LGBT rainbow flag to kick off so-called Pride Month. The Biden administration's current ambassador to the Holy See is Joe Donnelly, a former Democratic U.S. Senator from Indiana and self-professed Catholic who supports homosexual so-called marriage and opposed President Trump's ban on so-called transgender individuals serving in the U.S. military. And those were your headline news this morning. God love you. The saint of the day is Saint Erasmus, also known as Saint Elmo. It's interesting, right? Erasmus was Bishop of Formia, Italy, during the persecution against Christians under the emperors Diocletian in 284 to 305 and Maximan Hercules in 286-305. He left his diocese and went to Mount Libanus, where he hid for seven years. However, an angel was said to have appeared to him and counseled him to return to his city. On the way, he encountered some soldiers who questioned him, and Erasmus admitted that he was a Christian, and they brought him to trial at Antioch before the Emperor Diocletian. After suffering terrible tortures, he was bound with chains and thrown into a prison, but an angel appeared to him and helped him escape. He passed through Lycia, where he raised up the son of an illustrious citizen. This resulted in a number of baptisms which drew the attention of the Western Roman Emperor Maximin, who, according to Voragine, Voragine was much worse than Diocletian. Maximin ordered his arrest, and Erasmus continued to confess his faith. They forced him to go to a temple of the idol, but along Erasmus's route, all the idols fell and were destroyed. And from the temple there came fire which fell upon many of the pagans. These actions angered the emperor who had Erasmus enclosed in a barrel full of protruding spikes and rolled down a hill. An angel healed him from these wounds. When he was recaptured, he was brought before the emperor and beaten and whipped, then coated with pitch and set alight, as Christians had been in Nero's games. And still he survived. Thrown into prison with the intention of letting him die of starvation, Erasmus managed to escape. He was recaptured and tortured in the Roman province of Elicrium after, bodily, after boldly preaching and converting numerous pagans to Christianity. Finally, according to this version of his death, his abdomen was split open and his intestines round around a windlass. Erasmus may have been the patron of sailors because he is said to have continued preaching even after a thunderbolt struck the ground beside him. This prompted sailors who were in danger from sudden storms and lightning to claim his prayers. The electric discharges at the mastheads of ships would, were read as a sign of his protection and came to be known as St. Elmo's Fire. He died in 303 A.D. St. Erasmus, or St. Elmo, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from John chapter 17, verses 20 through 26. Lifting up his eyes to heaven, Jesus prayed, saying, I pray not only for these but also for those who will believe in me through their word, so that they 
may be all one. As you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. And I have given them the glory you gave me, so that they may be one, as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may be brought to perfection as one, that the world may know that you sent me, and that you loved them even as you loved me. Father, they are your gift to me. I wish that where I am they also may be with me, that they may see my glory that you gave me, because you loved me before the foundation of the world. Righteous Father, the world also does not know you, but I know you, and they know that you sent me. I made known to them your name, and I will make it known that the love with which you loved me may be in them and I in them. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. St. Augustine would say, quote, Not only those who were then alive, but those who were to be born, not those only who heard the apostles themselves, but us who were born long after their death. We have all believed in Christ through their word, for they first heard that word from Christ and then preached it to others, and so it has come down and will go down to all posterity. We may see that in this prayer there are some disciples whom he does not pray for, those, for example, who were neither with him at that time nor were about to believe on him afterwards through the apostles' word, but believed already. Close quote, St. Augustine. You know, I was looking through the commentaries, and this kind of struck me a little bit today about how our Lord was praying for the entire church to the end of time. It's a verse I've read a billion times, I don't know, a bunch. I've read this verse many, many times. I love John's Gospel. It's my favorite out of the four. I spent a lot of time there. But for whatever reason, today it kind of struck me this morning that our Lord was praying for us to the end of time. I think I, what happens a lot of times when I read sacred scripture, I don't know if you do this, but I do this, sometimes I kind of put myself outside of the narrative and I just think, oh, that pertains to other people, not to me. I kind of look at it that way for some odd reason. And today it struck me, the Lord prayed for me today until the end of time. He prayed for you today until the end of time. What a gracious and gift that he has given to us. We'll be right back. David O'Grey is coming up next. Men, it's time. The Men's March to End Abortion and Rally for Personhood is Saturday, June 11th, the weekend before Father's Day, from 12 to 3 p.m. in Tallahassee, Florida. Men gather at 12 p.m. for the march. All women, children, and families join us for the 2 p.m. rally at the Florida State Capitol. You are needed. Every life matters. Join us on June 11th in Tallahassee. For more information, go to themensmarch.com. Atheists claim theists are essentially no different than atheists because we reject gods too, such as Greek and Roman gods. But this is plain absurdity. What's our reason? First, it's an abuse of language. A theist believes in at least one god. An atheist doesn't believe in any god. They're mutually exclusive terms. To say a theist is an atheist to most gods is like saying a married man is a bachelor to most women. Second, 
It's bad reasoning. To say I'm an atheist because I reject some gods is like saying I'm an anarchist, one who rejects all forms of government because I reject communism and fascism, some forms of government. But that's silly. So the claim that atheists and theists are no different doesn't hold water. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. St. Elmo, pray for us. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. I don't want to be set on fire uh, in hopes that I'll live through that. I just want to be honest with you. St. Elmo, you're you're the boss, man. Nearly killed nine times and uh, lived to tell the tale. That's a pretty amazing story. Hey, uh, joining us at 35 past the hour, Dr. Jennifer Roback-Morris from the Ruth Institute is going to be on to talk about the link between Roe v. Wade and uh, homosexual marriage, quote-unquote, and uh, how they're very concerned on the far left that the fall of Roe could lead to the fall of Obergefell. That's coming up at 35 past the hour. Stick around for that if you can. Joining us right now, though, by Zoom chat, my good friend David O'Gray from Talking Catholic. Good morning to you, David. Joe McClain, how's it going? Do I owe you money, man? That's a very serious look on your face right there. Like, I hope I don't owe you any money. <laughs> I'm doing well. Glad, for, glad to be back on the Catholic Drive Time Show, man. Pleasure yeah, to be here. Good to well, see you. It's good to see you. Adrian. It's good to see yes. you. Uh, we're and glad. I like, your opening, I like your opening monologue. John is one of my favorite Gospels, too. That's one of my favorite times of the season. We get to dig into John. Yeah. So that's going on. So I love that. And then your second guest, my friend, Jennifer Roback. I just want to plug her book. Um, yeah. The states, the sexual states. So it's a really good book. So I'm going to plug that before she comes on. Good man. Praise be to God. Yeah, she's. We've actually tried to get Jennifer on for since like the early days, uh, right, Adrian? We like we've been not only since the early yeah. days. She actually was. What we wanted her to be our first guest and on the yeah. show, but she was. Wow. Having, she so said she goes to mass. Uh, during our show, so she was yeah, like, Sorry. I was always like, you're going to go to Mass and not be on my show? Really? Like, <laughs> mass is somehow more important? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Rudolfo, Carlos, glad to see you too, man. How's good, it going? Good morning, David. Looking sharp. Yes. Good to <laughs> see you. you. Thank you. I try. Well, <laughs> praise be to God. We, I wanna, let's talk about the decline in civilization. You know, uh, we got wars and rumors of wars. Check. We got that. Plagues and pestilences. Check. All right, we, we covered that one. Record inflation, by the way. Record uh, illegal immigration as well. Uh, crime is soaring in our cities. I was talking about a minute ago the, these videos of, of these random acts of violence and incredible brutality that goes on in the streets of America. Uh, over the weekend, 12 people were shot dead in Philadelphia. Not a word in the news about that. You know, we don't, we don't pay attention to what happens in Chicago or, or the, uh, the drug crisis on our American streets. That, that's going on. 63% of mass-going Catholics do not believe in the presence of, uh, of Jesus in the Eucharist. There's that. Uh, clergy and lay folk alike seem to embrace more grave moral evils and then promote them publicly and give themselves a pass along the way. Um, and here's the question. So... We have a decline in civilization. Is it possible, David O'Gray, to just simply elect a brighter future? <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's exactly what we've been trying to do. And I think this is evidence, the state of society today, I think it's evidence of a failed religion. So what do I mean by that? Because uh, we, we have a, a multiplicity of religions in this country. We embrace something called freedom of religion. 
which some of the previous popes like Leo the Thirteenth was really called like a Masonic principle, but that's an, that's another topic. But it, I think there's evidence here of just a failed belief system. Whatever we whatever whatever we believe in as an American people just seems to have failed, and so it seems to be the case of this idea that we think we can just go into this ballot booth every two to four years and just change our destiny is a, a failed concept. And what I think has been going on, um, Joe, Rudy, and Carlos, is that, um, Joe, Adrian, and, and Rudy, is that America itself, despite the First Amendment saying that the Constitution, in the Constitution, that the government, you know, is not going to, it, it prohibits the establishment of a government religion, it seems to be the case that this experiment of a constitutional democracy has seemed to have developed into being a religion itself. Let me briefly explain that. Um, and so, and I talk about this in my book, The Constitu- um, Catechism of Freemasonry. There, there are just four basic criteria of just a basic religion, okay? The first one is that there is, it, it posits that there is either gods or gods. Now, this is simply... Um, a religion posits to his adherents, who do you put your trust in? Who do you have? Who, who do you put authority over yourself? Who do you lean into for help? That's just the basic idea of a God. And the second has a moral law. The third offers sacraments. Fourth, it intends for those sacraments to, to lead to some sort of better life, maybe a life after death. And a fifth, it has the ability to enforce those laws and traditions and sacraments um, and exclude people who do not adhere to them. So those are the five basic criteria. So let's come back to the United States. I think everyone will say, okay, the United States does have a moral law, has a way to enforce that, um, has a way to exclude people from that. Um, even in popular society, we have a way to cancel people. But the first one, does, it, does this country, does the government really have gods? Does it have sacraments? Well, let me talk about that real quick. I think we've gotten to the point, again, with the sacraments, the, the sacrament, let's go with that first, the, the ballot booth is a type of a sacrament um, that the government says, this is what you have to do to change your life. And if you come to the ballot booth and you vote this way or, or that way, then it somehow changes your destiny and makes your life better. That's the basic sense of a sacrament. But who are the, who, but who are the gods? I think we've gotten to the point where we actually believe that our political leaders are some sort of these demigods, some sort of these, these gods who we've seen it with the, um, the shooting in Uvalde that please just pass some sort of legislation. Please help us. Please do something. These are, these are prayers. We, we think that these, these political leaders can somehow perform some sort of um, magic or something to just make our life better. And even when we look at the, the welfare state, oh, please provide for me. Please yeah. give me food. It's just... It's a whole thing, Joe, that I think we've gotten well, to the point where the government, our constitutional government, is a type of religion itself. But I, th- I, would, say, I would say, though, that if I felt, I thought, like, they were taking an honest uh, approach towards actually solving some of these problems, you know, I think I'd give them more credit or more of a pass. But it always feels so lopsided. You know, I brought up the Philadelphia story this morning in relation to the, ne- the new uh, violent shooting, mass shooting that happened in Tulsa yesterday. Horrible. God rest their souls, uh, is because it's so lopsided. We'll only report these, these one-off occasions where some crazy person kills other innocent people, but we won't continually point out the daily, ongoing, horrible existence yeah. 
in our major inner cities with drugs, violence, and more, with those don't make the news, right? So it's lopsided even. You know, it's not like if your goal is to improve the life uh, quality of, of, of our citizens, well, you're not proving it by these lopsided conversations. And a narrative just never changes, right? Um, like you said, when there's, there's, a, there's a tragedy that we're supposed to pay attention to, um, the narrative is always the same. It's, it's always been, has been the same for as long as I can remember that we can fix this, but we're not actually going to. But, oh, by the way, let's not pay attention to the, yeah. the things that, um, that are going on in places like in Chicago this week. I think you mentioned Chicago. 21 people shot yeah, and that's 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 just that's just norm, right? <laughs> that's Do just you, norm. Would you want to live in Chicago, David, with your wife and your children? Would you want your children to be exposed to that? No. Who does? No, no one. They the people living there don't want to be exposed to that. I mean, it's insane. <laughs> and yet we we know where this violence occurs. We know what its causes are. We do nothing to address them. No, and but. By saying that we're going to address them, what the political what the political establishment does, by saying that we're going to address them, um, one, we're able to raise money, right? Um, we're able to fund campaigns. And political leaders oftentimes, I'm not going to just demonize all of them, but <laughs> oftentimes the, the political leader has two two jobs. One, to get elected, and the second one is get reelected. Right, yeah. That, that's, <laughs> that's, that's the job. And so they do things and say things, whatever they do and say, um, or, or towards those two principles, get elected and reelected. So they give us a spin, they give us a talk, and especially um, during midterms, ultimately or, never do anything. Or leading up to midterms, you you see a lot of a lot of talk from the politicians. You know, really tough talk. They double down and they're like, "Well, I'm, this is who I am. This is what I'm about." Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, then it comes and goes after election. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and it's fascinating, but. You know, this time of year, though, in a new sacrament right now, of course, is the LGBT month. You know, we're celebrating that sacrament. That's important. Um, <laughs> but also, it's the, you know, it's the, the heart of the sacred this the month of where we celebrate the sacred heart the month, the month of the sacred heart of Jesus. The sacred heart of Jesus we celebrate this month in June. And so I think what, what, what we see in society is that Jesus Christ is never enough, right? Um. We've, we turn to our political leaders for help to fix just common problems, violence in our society, and um, the things that are making people poor, these high inflation, gas prices, things like that. But one thing that we have to always remember is that Jesus Christ has always been the answer. I mean, when he came 2,000 years ago, he didn't – you know, the Romans were great at making laws, right? They're phenomenal at making laws. But Jesus didn't come to the Romans and say anything about, hey, you guys need to just pass this legislation. Or Caesar, right. you need to pass this law. He, he said nothing like that. But he, he himself is the embodiment of the law. And so that's what we always have to turn to, the cross for the solution to everything. I think that's what we miss, what our political establishment misses by deifying themselves. Yeah. You know, we have a couple minutes left with David O'Gray in this uh, segment. but And it really is the answer. And I, I keep beating this drum because I think it's so important. You know, we put our, we still have to vote. We have a responsibility to do so, to take an active role in civil society. The Catechism of the Catholic Church teaches this very clearly. I believe it as well. But I don't put my hopes in that. I don't hang my hat on that peg because it's a weak peg and it'll break. <laughs> but right. here's what I do put my hopes in. 
that if we as the body of Christ, as the church in her mission to evangelize and to save souls through evangelization, if we took that very seriously, if we put all hands on deck, all effort, all attitude, all resources towards the goal of actually converting every single soul in our, in our community, our city, our town, yeah. great yeah. things will happen in spite of who's in office and uh, what the laws of the land are, wouldn't you say? That's the math. Um, holy people sin less, right? Yeah. So you have, if you have a society, the more holy people you have, the less sin you have. The more holy people you have, the better politicians you have. So the key has always been holiness and making this a society that really believes in God and Jesus Christ and places their, their trust in them. So yes, vote. Go to the ballot booth. Elect good politicians. But remember that um, it, it's, it begins as a good politician if we have a, a failed society that trust in itself and doesn't trust in, in God, then we're always going to have failing politicians. So holy people sin less. So let's, let's, let's promote holiness and get some people, politicians that are really pursuing holiness into office. We'll just have a much better society. You know, and as we have just under a minute now, I, I still, I expect Catholics, I, I hold Catholics to a much higher standard than I hold everybody else. I can, I can understand how non-Catholics uh, make bad decisions sometimes because they just don't know better. They've never known better, but a Catholic That's ought to know better. Even if they were poorly catechized, I feel they still should ought to know better because they can read a catechism just like I can, you know. Uh, and yet we have uh, a plethora of Catholic politicians who continually embrace moral evils and promote them publicly. And now bishops and priests that are doing the same. Let us pray for these uh, grave offenders to come to a ripe reconversion, make reconciliation, and come home the Holy Mother Church. David O'Gray, thank you for your time today. You can join us in the after show if you've got time. Otherwise, yes, we're going to go to break. We're going to be right back. Rudy Carlos has got uh, breaking news and stories. And we're going to have to talk to Dr. Jennifer coming up right after From this. the University of Dallas and as seen on EWTN. What can I do that is the definite service that God wants me to give to the world? Think of the, the challenges that we have coming from our culture. We really need the virtue of courage. Are you ready to put yourself into the hazard? Are you ready to say yes to the call? Are you ready to be a witness to love? The Quest. All episodes streaming now at quest.udallas.edu. Hi, this is Walter Crawford with Homeschool Connections, a proud sponsor of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Please save the date for this year's The Catholic Homeschool Conference. It's virtual, so you can attend from the comfort of your own home or from an in-person watch party in your local community. It's Friday, June 10th and Saturday, June 11th. Our theme this year is empowering you to homeschool joyfully. May God continue to bless your homeschool journey. More information is available at catholichomeschoolconference.com. Men, it's time. The Men's March to End Abortion and Rally for Personhood is Saturday, June 11th, the weekend before Father's Day, from 12 to 3 p.m. in Tallahassee, Florida. Men gather at 12 p.m. for the march. All women, children, and families join us for the 2 p.m. rally at the Florida State Capitol. You are needed. Every life matters. Join us on June 11th in Tallahassee. For more information, go to themensmarch.com. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. And now more headlines. Axios reports Texas governor issues disaster declaration for Uvalde. The declaration will accelerate state and local assistance and suspend regulations that would prevent, hinder, or delay necessary action, according to a press release from Abbott's office. 
The declaration also enables state agencies such as the Texas Division of Emergency Management to continue providing crisis response resources, including a temporary facility for community members who are seeking mental health support. Reuters reports U.S. asks court to reverse order lifting airplane mask mandate. The U.S. Justice Department on Tuesday asked a federal appeals court to overturn a U.S. district court's order that declared the government mandate requiring masks on airplanes, buses, and in-transit hubs unlawful. The Federal Aviation Administration said this month that the rate of unruly air passenger incidents fell to its lowest level since late 2020, soon after the judge's mask mandate ruling, which also lifted requirements for masks in taxis and rideshare services. Breitbart reports Spain, marriages plummeted by nearly 50% during first year of pandemic. In 2020, marriages across Spain decreased by 46% compared to the previous year, a significant decrease compared to other countries in Europe, such as Germany, where marriages fell by just 10%, or France, where the number decreased by 34%. Only countries in Southern Europe saw comparable falls in marriage rates, with Italy seeing a 47% fall in marriages and Portugal at 43%. Ireland, however, saw the greatest marriage slump in Europe in 2020 at 53%. And the Daily Caller reports 48 Senate Republicans tell Schumer they will block any bill undermining the Hyde Amendment. We write to express our unwavering support for the Hyde Amendment and all other long-standing pro-life protections. For more than 45 years, the Hyde Amendment has ensured that taxpayer dollars are not used to fund abortion, saving the lives of nearly 2.5 million pre-born children, they said. And those were your headline news this morning. God love you. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up to date. Joining us right now by Zoom chat is Dr. Jennifer Roback Morris. She is uh, with the Ruth Institute. And uh, she's got an article out over at the National Catholic Register uh, linking Roe v. Wade to Obergefell. The fall of Roe, could it lead to the fall of gay, quote, unquote, gay marriage? Uh, And uh, good morning to you, Dr. Morris. Hey, thanks for having me on, Joe. This is great to be with you guys. Yeah, praise be to God. We're very glad you're here. Um, I find this fascinating because this is an area that I would love to see the church speak out more upon. Oh, oh. Tell me about it. Tell me about it. Those, those statistics you guys just quoted, the Catholic Church being decimated in Europe. If nobody gets married, what the heck? What is, I mean, yeah. those, were the, those are the most Catholic countries in Europe, traditionally Catholic yeah. countries in Europe. Yeah, we, talk, getting married. we had a guest on me, yesterday about that, in fact, where Ireland has fallen so far. Wow. I mean, you had 90% fall just in Quebec over the last 100 years. Wow. It's pretty much it's, it's heading in the same direction for Ireland. Poland's really not far behind. Right, right. And, uh, and and the idea that you can redefine marriage and nothing bad will happen, that's mm. crazy. That's a crazy idea, right? And so I was very involved in the Proposition 8 campaign back in California in 2008. And I kept trying to make these arguments. I kept trying to say, look, you're redefining marriage. You're doing something fundamental here. This is not just being nice to your gay nephew. <laughs> um, th- this is about redefining the meaning of marriage. And if you redefine marriage... You're going to redefine parenthood. That's because marriage is the principal way that we legally figure out who counts as a father, right? Yeah. So you, all of that's going to come into into question and, and into play. And I'm sorry to say not that I was right. <laughs> uh, and I'm also sorry to say that the people, even on our side, you know, who were opposed to redefining marriage, they didn't want to talk about it in those terms. They They used the most... Um, sanitized version of arguments. You know, really, as far as I was concerned, you know, um, 
they would say things like, kids need a mom and a dad. And I'm like, no, they need their own mom right. and their own dad. <laughs> yeah. What are you talking about? You know, I mean, we, we, if it happens that something happens to mom and dad and, that, and it's not possible, then, then we step into place with an alternative, with a backup mm. plan. But the core presumption should be that every human person has the right to know their mother and father, to be in relationship with their mother and father, and Catholic sexual morality protects those rights. And everything else attacks those rights. Yeah. See? And so at, at the Ruth Institute, that's what we're all about, is, uh, is trying to reconstruct the case, the scientific, practical case for traditional Christian sexual morality. That's what it's all about, as far as I'm concerned. You said something in your article with the National Catholic Register uh, about this, it says, quote, there is one important difference between Roe and Obergefell. Uh, Roe galvanized the pro-life community and created a vibrant, authentically grassroots nationwide movement. After Obergefell, which brought us uh, the quote-unquote gay marriage across the country, mm -hmm. uh, proponents of marriage threw up their hands and said, oh, well, we tried. We moved on to other issues. The right to life movement never gave up. That's a huge distinction. I mean, I've said this several times uh, over the last 10 years. I've been blown away by how many bishops and priests have grown in their advocacy for uh, the life in the womb. Uh, they've publicly yes. spoken out on a greater uh, amount. A greater number of them have uh, made public statements or come to actual marches or prayed in front of abortion mills and greater numbers. And I'm, I'm thinking this is amazing because just 10 years ago, the pro-lifers were feeling like they were the persona non grata crowd at the Catholic parish. That's changed. Pr praise be to God. But where is this same voice for defending traditional marriage? It seems like they've totally given up on this issue. Well, I'll tell you where the voice is. It's right over here in Lake Charles, Louisiana. It's the Ruth Institute. We're the ones. <laughs> I mean, I hate to say it, but, you know, and we're not completely alone. I'm exaggerating a little bit, but there's nothing like the pro-life movement that has been galvanizing and, and, and all of that. There's nothing really quite quite like it. And I can tell you for a fact, a lot of the guys did flee the field. You know, it's like they were uh, exhausted. They were exhausted. I, I'll give them that, you know. Um, but the reason for the pro-life movement being where it is today is because of the lay people. You know, if the lay people had not been out there banging the drum all this time, you know, those bishops you're talking about that just have kind of lately come around to it, they, you know, they, 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 they could have blown it off, right? Um, and, and that's kind of what's going on with the marriage issue. Um, and so, so I'm, I'm calling on lay people. I, I'm encouraging lay people to live out your vocation as baptized Christians here and proclaim the truth. Because it's, honestly, it's lay people who suffer the most when marriage falls apart. When marriage falls apart, children are destroyed. How many, how many adult children of divorce are walking around like now, right now? Probably about 50 million. You know, um, because we estimate that probably a million children per year lose their parents to through divorce, right, or, wow. or affected by divorce. And as a practical matter, that means they lose touch with one parent often. It means that. Uh, often it means they feel like the third wheel when their mom or dad moves on to a new relationship. And that is awful for the child. You know, that's a huge burden for the child to feel that, that, oh, the new baby gets all the attention from their mom and dad, wait a minute, where's my dad? I, I, wait, what's wrong? You know, I mean, the mind of a six-year-old, you know, this is, this is a lot. And no one talks about it. And the church could be talking about it. The church should be talking about it. And, you know, I, I, I'm sorry. I'm not going to give up because I know the church is right. 
I know we're right about this, and we just have an obligation to speak up for the people who have been wounded by the sexual revolution. Men, women, and children, you know, everybody in their way has been harmed by this thing. Yes, I, I think you're, you're very correct there, Dr. Morse, especially since we've seen more and more whenever these things keep rising up, especially the attack against children, it yep. almost seems, at first it seemed incidental that children were hurt, and now it seems more like it is a direct attack against children, as we see with the transgender movement trying to attack our children and have them transition, have them put on puberty blockers, have them chop off perfectly good body parts. Uh, what say you? I know you put out an article about a year ago on this topic, and I thought it was a very, very insightful uh, article. Well, thank you very much. It's nice. To, it looks like I have fanboys over at Guadalupe. <laughs> That's great. Thank you. Thank you very much, fellas. Um, well, you know, um, a while ago, uh, Adrian, it it occurred to me, you know, kind of just what you're saying, that so much of the sexual revolution turns out to to be harmful to children, and so much of it looks like a you know like a direct attack on children. What is going on here? Plus the pedophilia. The, the, the sex abuse against children, which is endemic throughout society, it's not just a Catholic problem, it's everywhere, right? Hollywood and politics. And Jeffrey Epstein, let's remember his name, uh, Pimp to the Stars. Um, what is going on here? So I think one of the things that's happened is that when the sexual revolutionaries came up with their system, what they want to be able to say is that Everybody can have all the sex they want, and nothing bad will ever happen to anyone. Uh, you know, that, that's kind of the short version of sexual revolution. To do that, you have to redefine in your mind what childhood is all about, right? So pro-lifers as pro-lifers, we're used to seeing that the child has to be swept away somehow, and that's the point of abortion, of course, contraception. So you can do what you want sexually and not have to worry about a baby and the responsibilities of a baby. But even if the baby gets born, you have to be able to say, well, it doesn't matter. I can switch my sex partners as often as I want, and the kids will be fine. The kid, they're fine. The kids will be fine. You know, no problem. And so over time, what has happened is that the child, childhood becomes redefined. The child is no longer an innocent person who needs to be protected and who needs their parents and who, and who can make legitimate demands on their parents. The child is a, is a, you know, maybe a problem in the way of the parents doing what they want. But ultimately, the child is a sexual being who has the right to be sexual if they want to. And our primary responsibility is to not mm. fill their heads with Perverse. taboos that will upset them. Hold That's that thought. Hold that thought. Dr. Jennifer Roback Morris is our guest, Ruth Institute. We're talking about the survivors of the sexual revolution. There's a summit coming up in Lake Charles in June, June 24th, June 25th. We'll talk more about that on the other side of this break. Don't go anywhere. Got the drive time. We'll be right back. Looking for a Catholic university where the greatest works of Western and Catholic tradition are the foundation for learning, all in an environment that is faithful to the magisterium? Recommended by the Cardinal Newman Society, the University of Dallas offers an exceptional liberal arts education, preserving the wisdom of the past while preparing students for the world-changing futures. Academically excellent, always faithful. Apply today at udallas.edu. Men, it's time. 
The Men's March to End Abortion and Rally for Personhood is Saturday, June 11th, the weekend before Father's Day, from 12 to 3 p.m. in Tallahassee, Florida. Men gather at 12 p.m. for the march. All women, children, and families join us for the 2 p.m. rally at the Florida State Capitol. You are needed. Every life matters. Join us on June 11th in Tallahassee. For more information, go to themensmarch.com. Hi, this is Walter Crawford with Homeschool Connections, a proud sponsor of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Please save the date for this year's The Catholic Homeschool Conference. It's virtual, so you can attend from the comfort of your own home or from an in-person watch party in your local community. It's Friday, June 10th and Saturday, June 11th. Our theme this year is empowering you to homeschool joyfully. May God continue to bless your homeschool journey. More information is available at catholichomeschoolconference.com. Be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. Dr. Jennifer Roback Morris is our guest with Ruth Institute. We're talking about the survivors of the sexual revolution. Good morning to you, Dr. Morris. Welcome back to the show. Right before the break, you were kind of laying the, the sort of the, the Debbie Downer stuff. I mean, like, yeah. they, <laughs> they have, uh, you know, they've really, society has really, truly embraced this perverse filter uh, on the world in their life, and they've imposed this upon children. I think, as especially as a as a survivor of parents who have been divorced many times, <laughs> uh, having grown up being told that I'm supposed to think that that's okay, uh, but then uh, r- realize that, that it really wasn't. I think a lot of times these as adults we we do this stuff to our kids as a way to rationalize or to make our own make our own decisions seem to be okay. We want the kids to deal with it so that we feel like we're, we actually didn't do something wrong. What would you say to that? I, I think you're totally right on, Joe. Uh, um, but first of all, let me say, I'm sorry that that happened to you, that, uh, what yeah, your thank parents you. put you through. Yeah, and, and I will never say it's okay. I, I've said this publicly, and I will say it again. I will never say that it's okay for kids to have their family lives disrupted by the choices of their parents unnecessarily in this way that you're talking about. So um, that, I, I don't know, that makes me a radical, right? But um, <laughs> I, I'm sorry, your question was, oh, the guilty conscience. Yeah. You know, the guilty conscience, I think that's one of the biggest problems that we have to deal with. And one of the ways we try to deal with it at the Ruth Institute is to, is to say to people, you know, look, if you had known how hard this was going to be, would you have made these choices? And the answer is, of course, heck no. Are you kidding me? You know, uh, the, we, the society is flooded with propaganda telling people that everything will be okay and you just have to get with the program. And if you get with the program, it'll be okay. And, you know, it's not okay with you. Well, that's about you and your family. There's, there's something wrong with you guys, you know. Uh, but, but if you get with the program, and, and for sure, if you Catholics would stop making people feel guilty, oh, everything would be fine then, you know. And, and so there's a kind of scapegoating that goes on uh, to those of us who are holding out because the system itself is irrational. I mean, let's be real. The system, the sexual system that is being proposed to us is irrational. It can't work. You can't build a whole society around the idea that sex is sterile. I mean, sex is going to make babies once in a while. That's going to happen. And you have to have some provision for it. And we've undermined all the provisions, <clears throat> you know, to, to attach children to their parents. Everything that used to do that is being systematically taken away. And so it, it's irrational. It doesn't make people happy. And so in order to keep the system going, 
for the benefit of those adults who want to indulge themselves, in order to keep the system going, you have to flood the place with propaganda, and you have to use a whole lot of force and power to enforce this thing. Adrian mentioned transgenderism. I want everybody to just think about this question. Does any serious person believe that transgenderism is a grassroots movement? Hmm. To ask the question is to answer the question. It is obvious. It is being inflicted on the, on the populace by a combination of the media, the government, and, uh, and, and big business, you know. It's, being, it's, it's a, t a whole top-down kind of thing to promote an ideology that replaces the Christian sexual system. The Christian social sexual system, which is what you know I grew up with, and some of us rem you know remember, but it's clear the sexual revolution and Catholicism cannot coexist. One will drive out the other, no question about it. And whenever they say to you, "Oh, it's just some little thing that we want," that's all we want. Right? Don't worry about it. Yeah. Not a big deal. <laughs> Smack them. No, I shouldn't say that on the radio. Somebody will take it literally. But you know what I mean? Run as far as you, as fast as you can. For legal reasons, that's a metaphor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a metaphor, metaphorical violence. No, um, no, no, they're lying to you when they talk to you like that. And I talk about that in my book, The Sexual State. I go through, go all the way back to the begin prior to Griswold versus Connecticut that that undermined the uh, the ability of states to have any regulation at all on the sale of contraception. Um, and, and what do we have now? We don't just have contraception legal, we have contraception actively promoted by the power structure. And that's where they always wanted to be. They always wanted to be telling the poor people, you're having too many babies, here's the answer to your problems, take this pill, have this injection, stick this rod in your arm, you'll be fine. And that's where they always wow. wanted to be. That's very interesting to me. I really, uh, I, while you're speaking, I was just thinking of the fact that, you know, all this talk of, you know, systemic racism in the country ah. and systemic this, systemic that, and I, we kind of, I, there's a saying that people will just, you know, well, people say sayings, <laughs> and there's a saying that uh, is that whatever the left accuses the right of doing, it's what they are actually doing. And that's funny because they are having not systemic racism, well in some cases they have that too, but they're having systemic attack against the family, which like you're saying, the destruction, uh, no-fault divorce, uh, legalizing contraception, uh, legalizing gay marriage from the top up, from the top down rather than the bottom up, uh, all these things. And it reminded me of an interview we did a while ago, a long time ago, about uh, with a lady from Africa who was telling us, hey, we do not have these problems in Africa. You Americans need to stop exporting <laughs> y'all's problems in Africa. We have our own issues to deal with. Stop giving us yours. Uh, what say you about these systemic issues? 100%. I agree with you 100% with what you just said, and especially about the, the Africans. I mean, right now, we're, we, let's put it this way. We're sending them pills and pornography, and they're sending us priests. Yes. Okay, so you tell me who's civilized. Uh, you, you know, I mean, the, we, we're inflicting cultural colonialism on the third world. We're doing that to them. And the left, of course, you know, wants to talk about anything but the fact that they're, you know, sending condoms and pills and everything like that, as if that's going to solve their drinking water problem. Right. You, you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's awful. Yes. It's, it's really awful what they do. So, um, so that's why we, we tried in our upcoming summit, we have um, the opportunity for people to participate virtually. And I know for a fact, we're going to have people from around the world zooming in. Last year, we had people from Uganda and, well, a lot of different places, not all third world places. But, you know, you can, you can participate in this thing by Zoom, 
which is great. Um, and so you can, the people of Lithuania or uh, Kenya or Nigeria, you know, can uh, can be part of what we're doing over there. Doc, I'm picking up what you're putting down here, but I just want to I just want to give you the opportunity to put the bow on the present here. What is the end game here? It just doesn't make sense to me. Progressive society tends to go, they want to go really far, right? And for me, it just doesn't make sense. The destruction of society, the, the, cell of the, the destruction of family is a cell of society. What kind of world are we going to have after all of this? I mean, we're just, well, we're zooming toward that really quickly. You know, you know, uh, Rudy, the Normal people can't really understand what they're doing because normal people are not grasping for power in the way that some of these people are. And and also, this is a Gnostic death cult, okay? And Gnosticism, as we know, hates the world as it actually is. It's in revolt against creation, right? So if you're in revolt against creation, what's the end game? The end game is just more destruction because each step is, every step you take takes you further from reality so it can't make you happy. It can't work. As long as you're committed to the ideology, you're going to keep going down the track, right? And so I, my hope, our desire at the Ruth Institute is to try to stay focused on the core issues, not, not just dealing with the issue of the day, but what are the fundamental issues in play so that people can rethink their values. Because there are a lot of people who favor gay marriage who are appalled appalled by transgenderism for a whole bunch of reasons. So to, to say to them, listen, guys, can you, are you willing to rethink your fundamental principles? And some of them are, right? And so we have to be clear about, about what they are. But the end game, uh, the end game there, there are three parts to the sexual revolution, and there are three end games. The, uh, the end game of the gender ideology is the complete destruction of the concept of male and female from society and from law. That's where they're headed, and you can see that. Right, you see, that's what they want. Uh, divorce the divorce ideology. The end game is to completely separate parenthood from biology, and what they want is contract parenthood. And this has been in law journals for uh, I don't know, ten or fifteen years. I've been reading about this. Yeah, and you, you see know, surrogates that, that, now popping up. It, that's more common now. We, yeah, and surrogacy is one step towards that. Right, that's yeah. one. That's one aspect of it. And then the end game of the contraceptive ideology is, of course, as your African friend knows population control that's the end game that's yeah. what they want and they don't call it that anymore you know they figured out that saying that doesn't work you know so they wrap it up with you know all of these um, glittery packaging uh, but but that's what they want they, there are too many poor people so we got to do something about all yeah. the poor. you know we, we just don't need all these people around well if you're part of the global ruling class yeah you don't need all these people in Texas you don't need all these people in Louisiana they don't do anything for my life so yeah, <laughs> you exactly. Know, I mean, this is the way they well, think. Normal I don't know. People don't think like that. We definitely need them to continue mining those cobalt mines so we can get our lithium-ion batteries and our solar panels so we can have green energy. Although yeah, we, right. we don't seem to care how that affects their health and their livelihood and well-being there. It's corrupting their waterways, but... Pfft, who cares? They're in Africa. We're not. It is very, very lopsided. We're, we're going to be running out of time here real quick. Let me sneak in this question for one of our CDT insiders, Mike Kay, here. He, he asked the question, uh, how do you suggest that Catholic organizations deal with being labeled hate groups from people like Southern Poverty Law Center or that kind of mentality? Should they fight back? Should they ignore it? Or what do you think they ought to do? you got about a minute. Well, I'm, I'm a hate group. Can't you see? I'm the most hateful person ever. Okay, Based. I embrace this label. I, if the Southern Poverty Law Center thinks I'm a hate group, that means I'm doing something right. Yeah. You must not take them seriously. That's what you do. You do yeah. not take them seriously. You push back. When we got our, uh, we were canceled. 
In 2017, we got our um, credit card processing company ditched us because oh, we man. were on the hate group list. I don't know how this came to their attention all of a sudden. We put a page on our website saying, where's the hate? Here's what they say about us. Here's, here's the whole quote. Here's the whole article. Read it for yourself, mm. and you tell me if I'm a hate group. That's, that's how we do it. We just push back. So you must not apologize for who you are. That's if right. these knuckleheads can't tell the difference between that guy who wrote a 180-page screed, the, the buffalo shooter, okay? That guy, now, that guy was a racist, okay? 180-page screed, okay. If you can't tell the difference between that guy and me... You're crazy. You know, right. you got to yeah. screw loose, okay? So um, that, that's on them. That, that's what I, I do not flinch from these, uh, from these types of things. we got to defend truth in season and out. All right, so we're running out of time now. RuthInstitute.org is the website. The fifth annual summit, uh, fi Fighting for Your Family for Survivors of the Sex Revolution. You can find information at RuthInstitute.org, June 24th, 25th. In beautiful Lake Charles, Louisiana. I just drove through there, as a matter of fact. I was just through there see, a week ago. See, you yeah. drive down Highway 10, yeah. you're going to see Lake Charles, okay? Yeah, praise be and to God. And we are on Exit 20. We're on Exit 20. <laughs> is where the summit is going to be. And so that's an easy drive from Houston. We're going to have Walt Heyer there. We're going to have Kristen Hawkins there. And I suspect that the Supreme Court is going to announce yeah. its decision on the 24th. You can be with pro-life heroes when that case comes down. All right. And that's where you want to be. We are out of time, but uh, Dr. Morris, thank you for your time today. Go to RuthInstitute.org for all the details. God bless you. God love you, Dr. Ruth. We'll have to have you back. Uh, Dr. Morris, we'll have to have you back. We're going to be right back. More to come. Don't go anywhere. Eve Gambo is a real Guadalupe radio listener. To help her explain the impact that Catholic radio has had on her life, we had Rocky come in and help her tell her story. Before I was able to listen to Catholic radio, I would listen to other Christian radio stations just because there was no Catholic radio. Hey, you know, Mickey always tells me, you know, Catholic radio, you know, it's kind of like having an angel on your shoulder. Those other stations were okay, but I always felt like something was missing. Catholic radio is a huge blessing because it shares the full truth. Well, it was like a wake-up call, kind of like getting punched with an uppercut, only with the truth. Please, if you have not made a pledge of support to keep Guadalupe Radio on the air, do it now. And if you have made a pledge, please fulfill that pledge. I want to make sure that I always have my Catholic radio station. Yeah, make sure you send in your pledge. You know, you can do so by going to grnonline.com or 888-784-3476. Hi, this is Walter Crawford with Homeschool Connections, a proud sponsor of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Please save the date for this year's The Catholic Homeschool Conference. It's virtual, so you can attend from the comfort of your own home or from an in-person watch party in your local community. It's Friday, June 10th and Saturday, June 11th. Our theme this year is empowering you to homeschool joyfully. May God continue to bless your homeschool journey. More information is available at catholichomeschoolconference.com. Men, it's time. Moral relativism is growing and the soul of our nation is at stake. Nowhere is it more manifestly obvious than with the daily ongoing mass murder of abortion. As leaders, protectors, and providers, we must go first. In facing reality, taking responsibility, repenting for what we've done and haven't done, and resolving to do more. The opportunity is before us on Saturday, June 11th, the weekend before Father's Day in Tallahassee, Florida. We'll be gathering at 12 p.m. and embarking on a four-mile march of prayer and sacrifice that will culminate in a 2 p.m. rally at the Florida State Capitol. 
We welcome all women, children, and families to join us in standing up for the personhood of the preborn at the 2 p.m. rally. We're also hoping Governor Ron DeSantis will join us and assure us that he will lead on life. Join us June 11th in Tallahassee. For more information, go to themensmarch.com. Hi, I'm Father Wenzel Pavlovsky from St. Paul the Apostle Catholic Church in Nassau Bay. You're listening to AM 1430 KSHJ Houston, part of the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Inspired, I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be out with you, praise be to God. Wow. Dr. Jennifer Robeck Morris, she's a fireball. Perfect for St. Elmo today. Not if you caught the interview we just had with... Uh, Jennifer Roback Morris from the Ruth Institute, but it was great. You're going to want to catch the podcast of that, which you can do right on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. The, the podcast goes live about an hour after the show, within an hour, I would say. It's up there, it's available, which means if you're subscribed to the podcast feed, say through your iTunes, which clearly you have left a five star review for, right? You know what I'm saying? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, hint, hint. Uh, Well, then you'll get it in your iTunes feed or your Google Play, your Spotify. But one of the fantastic things you can do to stay connected to the Guadalupe Radio Network and Catholic Drive Time as well is to just download the mobile app. Go to your app store, download your Guadalupe Radio Network mobile app. You can listen to your local live GRN station, find the station information, general manager, programming schedule and the podcast is there as well just go to the flyout, look for the podcast feed and catholic drive times at the top and you'll be able to listen to it that way as well so lots of ways to stay connected praise be to god that was a, she was a she's fireball she's great very inspiring yeah and it just brings to mind that inside of you there are two wolves there ruth are? sent us what? Hmm? and what? the ruth institute no who are you going to let win yikes <laughs> <laughs> cringe, cringe, cringy, cringy. But uh, I think that's going to be a very good uh, interview on our YouTube channel. I think today, so too. And which will also go into Rumble, Odyssey. Where else are we posting that, Adrian? Yes. Praise yes. be to God. Yes. As, uh, yes is the answer. The answer I, yes. is yes. A new social platform that I'm unaware of. Uh, there yes. pro- <laughs> probably probably is. <laughs> oh no! I'm not on yes yet. I We're not on get, yes yet. I need to get on yes. yes. Apparently, if you uh, look pretty much anywhere, you can find Catholic Drive Time everywhere you look and uh and if you still can't find it for some reason just shoot me an email just send it to you but more importantly share the content with your friends that's exactly super helpful to us yes share it with your friends all right so this hour we're going to have a great hour this hour praise be to god david o'gray was also on with us last hour good conversation he'll be back for the after show which is the second half of this hour where we hang out live on the video feeds so if you want to hang out and ask questions or whatever, you're welcome to continue our conversation uh, at, uh, at 30 past this hour. So join us for that. Of course, we'll have good news, Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day, a little reflection, plus our game show. So if you would like to potentially win some prizes, what you need to do is be prepared to make a phone call at 15 past this hour. So that's not only a little over 10 minutes from now. You pick up the phone, you dial the number, you get to be first caller. You might, you're probably going to have a great chance at winning this week. So stick around. I will give you the phone number at the appropriate time. But if you would like to hedge your bet, you go to the website, you find the phone number there. Just go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT. 
you will find the uh, game show, Fear and Trembling Rules, and all of that, plus the phone number. All right, let's pray. Let's jump in. We have a lot to get to, and it's going to be a great hour. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most sweet Jesus, that no one who has had recourse to thy sacred heart, implored its help, or sought its mercy, was ever abandoned. Encouraged with confidence, O tenderest of hearts, we present ourselves before thee, crushed beneath the weight of our sins. In our misery, O sacred heart of Jesus, despise not our simple prayers, but mercifully grant our requests. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now your good news with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. Here's your good news story for the day. This is from Breitbart, and the headline is, Combat Veteran and Wife Help Others Defeat PTSD. You are never alone. Tom Satterley, a combat veteran, portrayed in the movie Black Hawk Down about the 1993 battle in Mogadishu, Somalia, is spending his days helping fellow veterans. He served in the United States Army for many years, and during a large part of that time, he was a member of the most elite special operations unit. After leading numerous missions and winning honors that include bronze stars for his valor, he is currently working to conquer post-traumatic stress disorder and support others at the same time. PTSD is described by the Mayo Clinic as a mental health issue caused by a terrifying event in a person's life. Symptoms may include flashbacks, nightmares, and severe anxiety, as well as uncontrollable thoughts about the event. Satterley created a foundation to aid veterans suffering from brain injuries. He also recalled the moment years ago when he nearly took his own life but got a text message from someone very special named Jen. She later became his wife and is now the co-founder of his nonprofit called All Secure Foundation. According to his website, the foundation assists special operations warriors and their loved ones heal from the trauma caused by war. He says, you are never alone. We've got your six. Please reach out, the site tells the visitors. According to Satterley, the complex PTSD he suffers from was set off in Somalia when he, without warning, became part of a rescue operation after a pair of American helicopters were shot down. He remembered how everything changed so quickly, stating, we went on foot to the crash site, and that's when they pinned us. The feeling of being trapped and, you know, you just want to go home like this, this, I just want this to be over. Now the Satterleys are able to help other veterans and their spouses, children and relatives thanks to the foundation. Jen noted, these are people who were trained for combat, trained to get the job done. Now they need to be trained to cope with it, to come back home and live with their spouse and kids. There's help, there's hope, there's healing. And we're here to help people get to the other side, she concluded. And that's good news. God love you. The saint of the day is Saint Erasmus, also known as Saint Elmo, and no, not the tickle me type. Saint Erasmus was Bishop of Formea in Italy during the persecution against Christians under Emperors Diocletian and Maximin Hercules. He left his diocese and went to Mount Libanus, where he hid for seven years. However, an angel is said to have appeared to him and counseled him to return to his city. You'll see, he has a great relationship with his angel. On the way, he encountered some soldiers who questioned him. Erasmus admitted that he was in fact a Christian, and they brought him to trial at Antioch before the Emperor Diocletian. After suffering terrible tortures, he was bound with chains and thrown into prison. But an angel of the Lord appeared and helped him escape. He passed through Lycia, where he raised up the son of an illustrious citizen. And this resulted in a number of baptisms, which drew the attention of the Western Roman Emperor, Maximin, 
who was much worse than was Diocletian. Maximin ordered his arrest and Erasmus continued to confess his faith. They forced him to go to the temple of the idol, but along Erasmus's route, all the idols fell and were destroyed. And from the temple there came fire, which fell upon many of the pagans. These actions angered the emperor who had Erasmus enclosed in a barrel full of protruding spikes and rolled down a hill. Yikes, that sounds, like, that sounds very painful. But the angel of the Lord healed him from these wounds. When he was recaptured, he was brought before the emperor and beaten and whipped and coated with pitch and set alight, as the Christians had been in the Nero's games. And still, he survived. He was thrown into prison with the intention of letting him die of starvation. But then Erasmus managed to escape. He was recaptured and tortured in the Roman province of Elicrium after boldly preaching and converting numerous pagans to Christianity. Finally, according to this version of his death, his abdomen was split open and his intestines wound around a windlass. Erasmus may have become the patron of sailors because he is said to have continued preaching even after a thunderbolt struck the ground beside him. This prompted the sailors who were in danger from sudden storms and lightning to claim his prayers. The electric discharges at the mastheads of ships were read as a sign of his protection and came to be called St. Elmo's Fire. He died in 303 AD. St. Erasmus, or St. Elmo, pray for us. Wow. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from John chapter 17, verses 20 through 26. Lifting up his eyes to heaven, Jesus prayed, saying, I pray not only for these, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, so that they may all be one, as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us that the world may believe that you sent me. And I have given them the glory you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may be brought to perfection as one, that the world may know that you sent me, and that you love them even as you love me. Father, they are your gift to me. I wish that where I am they also may be with me, that they may see my glory that you gave me, because you loved me before the foundation of the world. Righteous Father, the world also does not know you, but I know you, and they know that you sent me. I made known to them your name, and I will make it known, that the love with which you loved me may be in them, and I in them the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. McEvely, uh, Mac Evely, actually, writing in about the year 1902, said, quote, He asks for all, for the entire church, the same blessing of unity that he had already asked for the apostles. Back in verse 11. Here he prays only for the faithful. Elsewhere, as on the cross, he prays for his enemies and unbelievers all one, united in the bonds of faith, hope, charity, concord, and subordination in a manner similar, though unequal, to the essential union of the divine nature. The union of will and love which exists in us, as thou, Father, in me, and that this perfect union may be forwarded and accomplished 
by their union with us in sanctifying grace and supernatural love of charity, which makes us, as it were, partakers of the divine nature. Close quote. Machiavelli, pray for us. What did you find, Adrian? Yes, Cornelius Alapide here on verse 25 says, O righteous Father, the world hath not known thee, but I have known thee, and these have known that thou hast sent me. Why does he call the Father righteous? Well, St. Augustine says, because he justly deprived the world and the ungodly of the knowledge of himself. For it is his justice that the truth of God is not revealed to some by reason of their sins, but it is his mercy that it manifested to others. This is something that I think about quite often, actually. It makes me look back on the scripture passage, you know, that blessed are the pure of heart, for they shall see God. Are we pure of heart? Are we going to confession? Are we trying to remain in a state of grace? Are we fighting against our concupiscence? Or do we not have a firm purpose of amendment? Do we reject the graces that are given to us at confession? Because if we reject those graces, well, we are squandering the great grace that is conversion, that is repentance, that is salvation, that is, most importantly, knowledge of God. Blessed are the pure of heart, for they shall see God, makes me think often upon the fact that when we go to confession, when we confess our impurities, our sins, our wickedness, our maculas, our stains, when we confess them, are we doing so out of a fear of hell? Well, that's sufficient. But even more so, and being pure of heart, and being free from mortal sin, and being in a state of sanctifying grace, gives us the opportunity to know, love, and serve God in a more perfect way. Because we cannot know God in a true way, because just like Augustine is saying here, God deprives the knowledge of himself to the ungodly. So we have to be godly if we want to know God. That is very important for us to know, for us to keep in mind, for us to meditate upon today. St. Cyril says he thinks that he is called because he condemned the devil and deprived him of power wherewith he held the world captive and kept him from attaining that immortality for which he was created. The meaning is, O righteous Father, the world hath not known this thy justice, which thou didst exercise upon the devil for the world's sake. For had it known it, all would have flocked to thee. This is important to think about because our Lord desires to give us the graces that we that he has set for us which for us it is the immortality same as the angels it would be immortality of life in heaven but if we reject god just like satan did with the sin of pride with that gravest of sins with that sin that cometh before the fall that sin of pride that is in every single one of our hearts if we are like the devil then we will be treated like the devil we will be revoked of all those graces and we will not see the beatific vision. Let's think about this today. Let us run to the confessional. Let us become pure of heart so that way we may see God and know God in a more perfect and beautiful way. All right. Praise be to God. Time to play our game show, Fear and Trembling. But what we need is a phone call. Contestant on the phone line to play the game. It's fun. It's easy. I promise you don't need to know all the answers and you could still win. That phone number is 877-757-9424. Call right now. Rudy Carlos standing by to take your call at 877-757-9424. Call right now. 
Play the game. Fear and trembling. Prizes are at stake. You could win. 877-757-9424. It's going to be fun. 877-757-9424. Are there any basic rules for doing apologetics? First Peter 3.15 says, Always be prepared to make a defense. Always be prepared, Scripture tells us. How can we always be prepared to make a defense of our faith? Rule number one, pray. Pray to the Holy Spirit that He give you the courage to share your faith and the wisdom to choose your words carefully and profitably. Rule number two, you don't have to know everything right now. Learn a little bit more about your faith each and every day. Read Scripture. Read the Catechism. Listen to Apologetics tapes. Listen to Catholic Radio. Learn a little bit at a time. Rule number three, Luke 5, verse 10. Do not be afraid. Henceforth, you will be catching men. Jesus said this to Peter, but he's also saying it to us. Will you make mistakes and get into tight spots when you start sharing your faith with others? Yes, of course you will. But Peter made mistakes, and he got into tight spots. Yet Jesus told Peter not to be afraid. Why? Because if we are sincere in our desire to share the truth with others, to share Jesus Christ with others, then Jesus will find a way to make good come from even our mistakes. Rule number four, always view a question about your faith or even an attack on your faith as an opportunity, an opportunity to share the truth. Rule number five, don't get frustrated. Catholics often get frustrated by what I call the doctrinal dance. You get asked about purgatory, Mary, the Pope, sacraments, all in rapid fire succession. Before you can answer one question, you're asked another, then another. Just keep bringing the discussion back to one topic until you've said all you want to say, then move on. Rule number six, never be afraid to say, I don't know, when asked a question about your faith. Don't try to wing it. However, always follow I don't know with, but I will find out and get back to you and make sure you do. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. The Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, the Catholic Trivia Game Show, where secrets and agendas are... Told, I suppose. Not. I mean, that's kind of counterintuitive. But that's what we do here. We do share our secrets and agendas on one promise. You don't tell anybody. But more importantly, we have uh, we have a need for a caller, a contestant. Now, I'm going to pray and hope that our phone lines aren't busted as they were the other day. So if you would like to play the game, now is a great opportunity. You don't need to know the questions or the answers to win. So that phone number is 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. First caller gets to be the contestant at 877-757-9424. That phone number is 877-757-9424. Call right now. But there are a few things we like to do during the game show. I just don't want to tell anybody. All right? I just want to keep this just between us. But number one, we like to teach the faith. So we look for teachable moments in the questions where we might learn something that you did not know before. Praise be to God. That's always a good thing. 
Number two, we like to have a laugh, a good time, and our callers are always the most amazing. We love them. Praise be to God. And then, of course, number three is we give out prizes, which makes this a winner for everybody involved, because you could win some cool stuff by great people who want to be a part of it. And uh, what could they win today? Praise be to God. It is now the month of the Sacred Heart of our Blessed Lord Jesus. And may that Sacred Heart reign in every heart and in every nation. Our sponsor this week is the Sacred Heartery on Etsy. Cara hand prints original Lino Cut art and other items designed and printed in her small North Alabama studio. You know, I love Alabama. It's her sincerest exactly. It's her sincerest prayer that her work will please the Lord as it helps foster your Catholic faith and devotions. She has offered a very special Sacred Heart gift bundle for us this week, which features a lovely Du Leroy patch. It's modeled after the anti-revolutionist Catholics in the Vendée region of France, Ooh. as well as some other devotionals on the Sacred Heart. Please check out her store on Etsy. Search for Sacred Heartery. Sacred Heartery on Etsy. Thank you so much. I like that little play on words there, Sacred Heartery. That's amazing. Thank you for that. Praise be to God. Although Northern Alabama may not be a Roll Tide fan. Hmm. Could be a Crimson fan. I wouldn't know anything about that. I would, mea culpa if I've offended, but... Uh, I'm not a sports ball guy, so I'm sorry. Roll Tide. Hey, anyway, let's play our game. Praise be to God. We're very grateful to our sponsor for giving us prizes to give away. Let's go to Alex. Good morning to you, Alex. Morning. Hey, Alex. Uh, good to hear your voice. It's been a long time since you've been on. Where are you from? Yeah, yeah, it's been a while. Uh, calling in from Maryland today. Hey, praise Maryland. be to God. You're the guy. You're the man of mystery, uh, Adrian tells me. Yeah, Always traveling. <laughs> traveling all over the world, praise be to God. Now, where do you go to church normally? Uh, so so I go across the river at this church in, uh, in Virginia uh, called St. Rita's. Okay. The Latin Mass Parish. Wonderful. Well, praise be to God, Alex. We're glad you're back on the phone from the beautiful state of Maryland. It's been a long time since we've had a Maryland call on, so we, we appreciate that. And by the way, if you had to choose, all right, which Alabama football team would you, would you root for, just out of curiosity? Roll Tide? Yeah. Crimson? Yeah. Where, where, do you, where do you land on that issue? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I have an opinion, to be honest. Uh, Yikes. <laughs> You're from Maryland. Everyone has an opinion in Maryland. Okay? Come on now, Alex. Joe, we got a smart Everyone Alex on the phone. Well, he's, he's originally from New Mexico, so that's, oh! that's probably why. Does New Mexico but, even have a football team? I'm curious. Yes. They do? Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> that's it. All right, got to play our game. We're going to run out of time. Good news and bad news. The good news is that Alex is a dear friend of mine, and he's about to get married. The bad news is I picked all easy questions today, so uh, it's over. All right, Alex. I wish it was a hard question. Here we go. We're going to get started. Let's start with Rudy, as is our custom. Rudy, good morning to you. Good morning. I it just is, remembered. Uh-huh. It's the Roswell Grays. Is that what it is? Yeah, the aliens. Gray aliens. I what? got I got where you're I didn't going. know that. All right, Rudy, can you tell me? You gotta stop talking football. Which apostle was not in the room when Jesus visited them after his crucifixion and death? <laughs> uh, tricky Joe. Obviously, it's Judas. He wasn't there. What do you mean, tricky Joe? I, I'm not being tricky. I'm you picked the question. totally non-biased in this. I'm neutral. <laughs> I'm on Alex's side. Judas was definitely not there. Judas was definitely not there. He topped himself. Okay. Okay. Uh, hey, Adrian. Hey, Joe. You would never lead your friend astray, or would you? I would never Could you try to deceive a friend. Could you love. possibly tell me which apostle, which apostle was not in the room when Jesus visited them after his crucifixion and death, please? Uh, yes, I could tell you which apostle was not in the room when Jesus visited him after his crucifixion and death. Correct. That would be uh, <laughs> Thomas. 
Thomas, you say? Okay, okay. Seems reasonable. Seems, Seems reasonable. Uh, Alex, you've got choices here. Is it Thomas, as uh, your BFF seems to think, or is it Judas, as Rudy suggests? 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Alex, what say you? Wow. Yeah, this is, this is a really tough one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I know Adrian can be a little bit tricky sometimes. What? So Come on. <laughs> I, might, I might just have to go with, uh, with Rudy this time. <laughs> so it's over. It's over, folks. It is over. Curveball, low right corner. Uh, I'm sorry, Alex. Judas, uh, yeah, abandoned his apostleship, which is why we replaced him with Matthias. Yeah, swung for a rope. That's kind of an issue. I'm sorry. Uh, Thomas is the correct answer. It was not in the room, but that's okay. <laughs> whoa, whoa. It's okay. My bad. Yeah. yeah I, 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 was, I was thinking about during the, uh, the time of the Last Supper. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, oh. We will simply blame Adrian for that, and we will move on. <laughs> we'll, we'll make sure to flog him. Yeah. We'll make sure to wow. flog him later. But, okay, this next one, super easy. Easily the easiest question of all easy questions on Catholic Drive Time. This could be the hardest question we've ever had. It could be. All right. Adrian, we'll start with you. That's dangerous. I would agree, based on previous record. Uh, Adrian, can you tell me what color is the cassock worn by the Vicar of Christ on Earth? That's a trick question. Is it? Um, the Vicar of Christ on Earth, the mm -hmm. Pope, yes. Yeah. The, the Papa. Uh-huh. Uh, he doesn't wear a cassock. What? No, he wears the Jesuit habit, which is a Hawaiian mm -hmm. shirt. <laughs> I have no words. All right, Rudy, can you tell me? <laughs> Be the voice of sanity. What color is the cassock worn by the Bishop of Rome? What are we talking here? Color code, like on Photoshop? Yeah. F0, 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 Is that what it is? That, it's, Which is white. Oh, I see. Yes. So your answer is is pound F, 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 F. Uh, yes. Which is white. Yes. Got it. Got it. Okay. Well, Alex, what color is the cassock of His Holiness? Is it white, as Rudy suggests, or is it some sort of uh, bouquet of floral arrangement, as Adrian seems to suggest? Fifteen seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Alex, what say you? Well, I don't want to get this one wrong again, so I'm going to say it, Rudy. <laughs> You're doubling down on Rudy? What? <laughs> yeah, pff, golly gee, Both answers were correct, by the way. Were, were they? <laughs> you know, I, I don't think I've ever seen Pope Francis in a white shirt. Never, Thank God. I never Thank you, ever. Thank you, Lord, for that. Yes, praise be to God. That's the lounge wear. Uh, the, all right. So, uh, people home. You're in the cup. You could win. God is good, Alex. Congratulations, by the way, on your upcoming uh, wedding. We'll be praying for you and for your lovely soon-to-be spouse. But this next question yeah, should be a question near and dear to your heart. Okay? I don't know you, but I do know that this is going to be near and dear to you. All right, you ready? <laughs> We're going to go back to uh, Rudy for this. Rudy, can you tell me where is the Catholic University of America? Look, Catholics have a good sense of humor, just like all of us. Do they? In the I studio. So they decided to put this university in Rome, Georgia. Really? Yeah. Wow. Is that funny? They're like, we gotta have a, it's gotta be in Rome, can't afford to go to Italy, where else can we go? Mm -hmm. How about Georgia? Yep. Is that the, okay, hmm, alright. Let's just see, let's just see here. Um, Adrian, can you tell me where 
is the Catholic University of America. Ah, uh, yes, the place where Fulton Sheen yeah. taught Canon Law. Yes. Where Fulton Sheen said Mass there. Mm. It's a very nice place, and I it think is. Alex goes to Mass like right down the street from this university. Really? And that would be Washington, D.C. Washington, D.C., you mm-hmm. say? The District of Columbia? The District of Columbia. Got it. I guess not technically not in America. Not, not the state. Yep. Not yet. Different. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Te- isn't that weird? Catholic University of America is not technically in America. Uh, it's it, in D.C. It's it's in America. It's not in the United States. It's in America. It's just in anyway, one of the states. Anyway. All right, Alex, you got choices. Uh, is the Catholic University of America located in uh, Washington, D.C., as Adrian somehow believes? Or is it in Rome, Georgia? Uh, which Rudy seems to suggest. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Alex from Maryland. What say you? Well, um, I think I think I recall going to this place a few times. Uh, I think, I think the cathedral uh, the there is really really nice, really oh, beautiful to, to really visit. So, uh huh. I think I think it was kind of close by to where I go to church at. So I'm, I'm going to go with DC. I'll go you with just, Adrian's answer. Yeah, you just have to, huh? You just you just wise man. <laughs> But all easy questions. Today. I know. I was Except like, for the first one, which is clearly tricky. It's not Alex's fault. I think question yeah. three. I was just like giving it to him. If I knew it was Alex, I would have changed it. <laughs> We're gonna put Adrian in a barrel full of spikes <laughs> yes, and, and then toss him down a hill, yeah. and then light him on fire and starve. Anyway, uh, based. Yeah, St. <laughs> Elmo Bravers. Uh, Alex, God bless you. Thanks for playing our game today. It's great to hear from you, and congratulations once again on your upcoming marriage. Thank you. God bless you, Alex. Have a great day put you on hold that's going to do for the radio side of our show thank you all for joining us thank you dr jennifer roback morris and david l gray we're going to jump into the after show with uh, i think david's going to rejoin us so if you want to join us go to grnonline.com forward slash cdt thank you for joining us on your catholic drive time where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired join us monday through friday at the same time right here on your favorite catholic radio station don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. The Memorial of Saints Marcellinus and Peter. The attention for today's Mass is for all of our online viewers and for those joining us through Guadalupe Radio. God, we praise you. God, we bless you. God, we name you, Sovereign Lord, Mighty King, whom angels worship, Father by your church adored. All creation shows your glory. Heaven and earth draw near your throne. Singing holy, 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 Lord of hosts and God alone. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. 
grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And with your spirit. My brothers and sisters, let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to, to Almighty God, God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words and what I have done and what I have failed to do. Through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask the Blessed Mary, ever Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. O God, who surround us with protection through the glorious confession of the martyrs, Saints Marcellinus and Peter, grant that we may profit by imitating them and be upheld by their prayer. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. Wishing to determine the truth about why Paul was being accused by the Jews, the commander freed him and ordered the chief priests and the whole Sanhedrin to convene. Then he brought Paul down and made him stand before them. Paul was aware that some were Sadducees and some Pharisees. So he called out before the Sanhedrin, My brothers, I am a Pharisee, the son of Pharisees. I am on trial for hope in the resurrection of the dead. When he said this, a dispute broke out between the Pharisees and Sadducees, and the group became divided. For the Sadducees say that there is no resurrection or angels or spirits, while the Pharisees acknowledge all three. A great uproar occurred, and some scribes belonging to the Pharisee party stood up and sharply argued, We find nothing wrong with this man. Suppose a spirit or angel has spoken to him. The dispute was so serious that the commander, afraid that Paul would be torn to pieces by them, ordered his troops to go down and rescue Paul from their midst and take him into the compound. The following night, the Lord stood by him and said, Take courage. For just as you have borne witness to my cause in Jerusalem, so you must also bear witness in Rome. The word of the Lord. Keep me safe, O God, you are my hope. Keep me safe, O God, you are my hope. Keep me, O God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, my Lord are you, O Lord, my allotted portion and my cup you it is who hold fast my lot. Keep me safe, O God. 
you are my hope. I bless the Lord who counsels me. Even in the night, my heart exhorts me. I set the Lord ever before me. With him at my right hand, I shall not be disturbed. Keep me safe, O God, you are my hope. Therefore, my heart is glad, and my soul rejoices. My body, too, abides in confidence, because you will not abandon my soul to the netherworld, nor will you suffer your faithful one to undergo corruption. Keep me safe, O God, you are my hope. You will show me the path to life, the fullness of joys in your presence, the delights at your right hand forever. Keep me safe, O God, you are my hope. Alleluia, 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 Alleluia. May they all be one, as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that the world may believe that you sent me, says the Lord. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, Lord. Lifting up his eyes to heaven, Jesus prayed, saying, I pray not only for these, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, so that they may all be one, as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. And I have given them the glory you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may be brought to perfection as one. The world may know that you sent me, and that you loved them even as you loved me. Father, they are your gift to me. I wish that where I am, they also may be with me, that they may see my glory that you gave me, because you loved me before the foundation of the world. Righteous Father, the world also does not know you, but I know you, and they know that you sent me. I know I made known to them your name, and I will make it known, that the love with which you loved me may be in them, and I in them. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The Gospel today concludes the priestly prayer of Jesus in the 17th chapter of John. And it is a way we come, we stand on very holy ground as we enter into a prayer, the prayer of Jesus to his Father before his passion. And he has such beautiful things to tell us. I think one of the most things that, beautiful things that stands out is Jesus says, Father, and he's speaking about us, they are your gift to me. We're a gift. You know, in Jesus, he, you know, in his, in his sacrifice, um, he gives, he sort of has this divine exchange. Um, he empties himself, lowers himself for a time, and then is glorified again by the Father. And what does he get is his inheritance? Well, he gets us. <laughs> what kind of exchange is that for? You know, it doesn't seem like a very good even exchange. He gets us, but that's what he wants. He wants us. We are his inheritance, and he raises us up with him. 
so that the oneness and the glory that was given to, to Jesus from the foundation of the world may be in us, that we may glorify God in our life. That, I think, is the key to the unity that Jesus speaks about in the Gospel. May they all be one. Imagine if all of us spent our entire life glorifying God. That was the main purpose of our, of our life, to glorify God. So many divisions, in fact, all divisions, would cease. Because division has to do with so much in this world is with worldly things, we cannot have all of them all at once at the same time. I, have, I can have something, I will share it with you, but by the fact that I share something material with you, it means I have given something that I can't have. If I, give you, if I share my ice cream, that's ice cream that I can't eat. But when it comes to things of the spirit, spiritual realities, they can all be shared by everyone equally. Of course, the spirit gives as he wants to give. That's what, he doesn't ration the spirit. But he gives as he wants to give, and he can give all of us in that fullness. Uh, and he doesn't have to parcel it out and say, well, you can only have this much because I'm giving so much more to over here. Now, the spiritual realities don't work that way. So when the disciples, after the Holy Spirit comes, says they were one of one mind and heart, it doesn't mean that they thought exactly the same thing, or they had everything, was the, every desire in their heart was the same, other than they wanted to glorify God by their life. That's the key to being one with Jesus. We are a gift to him. When we look at that first reading, I kind of chuckle because St. Paul, he's in, this, he's in this sort of big situation where the Sadducees and the Pharisees are coming to, uh, against him on trial before, um, before the commander uh, of, of the, the, the leader there in, in Jerusalem. And so Paul recognizes that these two groups don't agree with each other. I think he uses it to his advantage. So the Sadducees, of course, do not believe in spirits and they don't believe in angels. And so if you ever wonder how to distinguish these two between the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the Sadducees, because they don't believe in the resurrection, they don't believe in angels, so they're sad, you see. That's the easy way to remember it. They're sad, you see. But these, so what St. Paul recognizes that these two groups don't, are, don't agree, and so he simply said, well, I, it would, you know, I, I've come here because of the resurrection of the dead. The Pharisees, hey, we believe in this. Sadducees, well, no, we don't believe in this. And so there's like this, uh, you know, above Paul is this scrum that's going on between the two, and he could care less whether, you know, when, when he does not, he's not taking sides, he's on the side of the Lord. But uh, the commander of the, of the, uh, the commander, they're so afraid that Paul's just going to get, uh, sort of get a mess up in all, in all the, the, the fight that's going on, that he takes him out. And then the Spirit says to St. Paul that he's going to bear witness in Rome. This is going to set up the situation by which Paul is not going to go through trial in Jerusalem, but he's going to appeal to Caesar because he's a Roman citizen and will take him to Rome. And there, the, the words of Jesus are being fulfilled at the very beginning of the Acts of the Apostles, that you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Samaria, in Judea, even to the ends of the earth. And at that time, Rome was considered to be the ends of the earth. That was the center of everything. So Paul's going to go in order and witness to Jesus there. And the oneness that Paul experiences is that oneness in Jesus that is prayed for in the Gospel today. May we be one. May we, as we enter into this prayer of Jesus to the Father, he prays for us. He prays for us. We are a gift to him. May we be one in mind and heart and glorify God with our life.
Let's stand and offer our prayers to our Heavenly Father. We pray for the Church, for our Holy Father, Pope Francis, for all of his needs and intentions. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Let us pray for peace and unity throughout the world, the peace that Christ gives us in his resurrection, the unity, the oneness that he prays for in his priestly prayer to the Father. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Let us pray that we may truly glorify God in our lives. That would be the main purpose of our existence, to give glory to God. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Let us pray for those who are suffering and who are sick, May they experience the consolation and healing power of Jesus. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Remember those who are joining us online through Guadalupe Radio. For their intentions, those who have asked us to pray for them, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Remember to all those who are enrolled in our Stolt Mass Association. We pray finally for all those who have died, for all the holy souls in purgatory. May they rest in peace. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, hear our prayers and grant our petitions through Christ our Lord. Amen. Christ the Lord is risen today. Christians, haste your vows to pay. Make your joy and praises known at the Paschal Victim's throne. For the sheep the lamb has bled, sinless in the sinner's stead. Christ the Lord is risen on high, now he lives no more to die. Christ the victim undefiled, God and sinners reconciled. Christ when in fierce and bloody strife met together death and life christians on this happy day raise your hearts with joy and say christ the lord is risen on high now he lives no more to die Pray, dearly beloved, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and good of all his holy church. Look mercifully, O Lord, we pray upon the sacrificial gifts of your people, and that they may become acceptable to you, that the coming of the Holy Spirit cleanse our consciences through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, through Christ our Lord. For after his resurrection, he plainly appeared to all his disciples and was taken up to heaven in their sight, that he might make us sharers in his divinity. Therefore, overcome with paschal joy, every land, every people exult in your praise. And even the heavenly powers with the angelic hosts sing together the unending hymn of your glory as they acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaoth, Plenis Uncelia Terra, Gloria Tua, 
Hosanna in excelsis, benedictus, qui venit in nomine domini. Hosanna in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, and all you have created rightly gives you praise. For through your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, by the power and working of the Holy Spirit, you give life to all things and make them holy. And you never cease to gather a people to yourself, so that from the rising of the sun to its setting, a pure sacrifice may be offered to your name. Therefore, O Lord, we humbly implore you, by the same Spirit, graciously make holy these gifts we have brought to you for consecration, that they may become the body and blood of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, at whose command we celebrate these mysteries. For on the night he was betrayed, he himself took bread, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. similar way when supper was ended he took the chalice and giving you thanks he said the blessing gave the chalice to his disciples saying take this all of you and drink from it for this is the chalice of my blood the blood of the new and eternal covenant which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins do this in memory of me mystery of faith, we proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, Lord, as we celebrate the memorial of the saving passion of your Son, his wondrous resurrection and ascension into heaven, and as we look forward to his second coming, we offer you in thanksgiving this holy and living sacrifice. Look, we pray, upon the oblation of your church and recognizing the sacrificial victim by whose death you will to reconcile us to yourself. Grant that we, who are nourished by the body and blood of your Son and filled with his Holy Spirit, may become one body, one spirit in Christ. May he make of us an eternal offering to you so that we may obtain an inheritance with your elect, especially with the most blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with blessed Joseph, her spouse, with your blessed apostles and glorious martyrs, with saints Marcellinus and Peter, and with all the saints on whose constant intercession in your presence we rely for unfailing help. May the sacrifice of our reconciliation, we pray, O Lord, advance the peace and salvation of all the world. Be pleased to confirm in faith and charity your pilgrim church on earth, with your servant Francis, our Pope, and Michael, our Bishop, the Order of Bishops, all the clergy, and the entire people you have gained for your own. Listen graciously to the prayers of this family, whom you have summoned before you. In your compassion, O merciful Father, gather to yourself all your children scattered throughout the world. To our departed brothers and sisters, and to all who were pleasing to you at their passing from this life, give kind admittance to your kingdom. There we hope to enjoy forever the fullness of your glory, through Christ our Lord, through whom you bestow in the world all that is good.
through him and with him and in him. O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. Preceptus salutaribus moniti, et divine institutione formati, audemus dicere, Sanctificetur nomen tuum, adveniat renum tuum, fiat voluntas tua, sicut in cello et in terra, panem nostrum cordelianum, da nobis horiae, et imite nobis debita nostra, Sicut et nos dimitimus, debitoribus nostris, ne nos inducas in tentacionem, sed libera nos amalo. Deliver us, Lord, we pray from every evil, graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church. Graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. The suffrage of the sign of peace. On your stay, quitolis peccatamundi, miserere nobis. On your stay, quitolis peccatamundi, miserere nobis. On your stay, Quitolis peccatamundi, dona nobis pacem. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word in my soul. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will teach you all truth, says the Lord. Alleluia. An act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you were present at the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. 
Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. we are cleansed and nourished. Grant, we pray, that this banquet which you give us may bring everlasting life through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace, glorifying the Lord by your life. Thanks be to God. At the Lamb's high feast we sing Praise to our victorious King, who has watched... The Prayer to St. Michael St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, Cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruins of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the archangels St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. 
from every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord, from every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord, from every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord, from every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord, amen. Celebrating the culture of life, this is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Hi, this is Coach Kimball from Arrows and Strig.